Groundbreaking. Um, the term groundbreaking comes from uh, con the construction world. Of course, it does, isn't just limited to construction or building something, but it does uh, mean this when it comes to groundbreaking. Groundbreaking celebrates the first day of construction on a building or a project formally and officially. It initiates the building process. How many of you ever been to a groundbreaking ceremony? You ever been there? A few of us. We had one many years ago uh, uh, here before this building was even built, and they used these golden shovels. Uh, actually, February 18th, 2006 was the groundbreaking ceremony that took place here on this property. Now, I got to tell you, this groundbreaking ceremony had a few key elements that I was thinking back on as I was preparing for this message in a groundbreaking ceremony, we had, we had Bishop and, you know, Mom, y'all remember this, that we had the news people here, the media, you know, the, te the, the newspaper, the, the TV, you know, news crews. They were out here uh, taking photos. They were out here interviewing people. Um, we had dignitaries and politicians. We had business leaders, you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce, all these people, the, I believe the mayor, all these people who came out for a groundbreaking ceremony uh, just to watch a few guys with some shovels do this. You got to over it. You got to do that. And they used, they used these shovels, and all they were doing, they just simply, they just dug up dirt. And that was it. And, and there was no building here yet. It was just a couple people. We had a stage out there with a podium. I mean, it was just a huge deal, but there was no building. It was just a bunch of people breaking up some ground. It was just some, some guys with some shovels digging out some dirt. It was groundbreaking, and, and there was no building. The building you're currently sitting in, wasn't, it wasn't here. It was just a bunch of people in a field. But why all the hoopla? Why all the people coming out taking pictures, uh, interviewing, uh, taking notes, you know, getting pictures of other people and making these nice gold shovels just to dig up some dirt? Why? Because it was initiating something. There was an expectation at the groundbreaking ceremony that eventually there would be a building to sit in, that there would be something built that people could enjoy and come into, but it first started out as dirt. It started out as just dirt being dug up because if God's going to do something in your life, if you're looking for God to build something in your life, then it, there is a not only a building process, but before the building process initiates, the breaking process must begin. I wonder if you've been broken today. I wonder if life has tried to break you down. I wonder if relationships have come and gone and left you broken, left you hurt, left you in pieces. Well, God says today, that was just a groundbreaking into the things I'm going to use in your life and it's simply going to be a foundation for what I'm going to do. Groundbreaking. We can also use the term groundbreaking in not a construction sense, but in a, in a way to describe how individuals who have come before us have broke ground and were groundbreaking individuals. I would say that Michael Jordan was a groundbreaking individual. He, he broke ground, was a groundbreaker, uh, meaning he set the trend for others to follow. He was groundbreaking in that he created a whole brand identity around his athletic skills, something that had not been done to that level before him. 
And so he created a whole brand that generations later, it is still standing, it is still, it is still operating, and one of the most successful companies this world has ever seen. Why? Because somebody broke ground into a new place. He could have signed with Converse, like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, but some guy named Tinker Hatfield from Nike came and approached him and said, we want to do something different. And so he chose to be a groundbreaker and blaze the trail, and, what, and we already know the result. Many of you got some some of his shoes on right now. Some of you got your closets full of the, what was the result of the groundbreaking. Uh, Steve Jobs would be another groundbreaker. He would be a groundbreaker. He would break ground in the technology realm where, where many of you right now, you have the result of his groundbreaking. You have a computer in your hand, in your pocket as a result of Steve Jobs saying, I'm not going to go the traditional route. I'm going to break ground. And generations later, we're still taking pictures with our phones and have the most access to the world we've ever had because one man broke ground. It's groundbreaking. I'm thankful that we follow someone who is groundbreaking. And Isaiah 11 speaks of this groundbreaker, who is Jesus. It says in Isaiah 11 that the root of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David who became king, whose bloodline Jesus would come through. And so when it says the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. It says the nations will rally to him. I'm glad that the nations will rally to him and not just white people. I'm glad that the nations are rallied to him and not just black people, Hispanic people. I'm, I'm glad that the nations and, and that, that every tribe and every tongue would rally to him because if it was just all white people, all black people, it'd be pretty boring. See, something happens, though, when the nations rally, when you bring what God put in you and I bring what God put in me by unique design and we bring it together, something beautiful can be created. It becomes a mosaic of power where people can look to the church and they can look in this room right now and say, this is what heaven should be. This is what heaven should look like. It's not segregated. There is not segregation hour in heaven. Why is Sunday on church day here on the earth still the most segregated time? It's because somebody's afraid to break ground in an area. Not this church, though. We're breaking ground. Have been breaking ground for 30 years. It's been a tough ground. I don't know about you. It's been a tough ground to plow. It's been a tough ground to dig up. But it takes people who will raise up another generation and say, we're going to continue the work. We're going to continue to be groundbreakers. We will not settle for anything less than what God has for us. Somebody shout, I'm a groundbreaker. I'm a groundbreaker. I'm a groundbreaker. We can't begin the building process unless we've been through the breaking process. You got to break before you build. You got to break before you build. But I've noticed that when God breaks ground in my life, and he has broke ground in my life, I, I learn a few things. That when God breaks ground in my life, I've learned, number one, where to rally. I know where to rally. I don't have to scratch my head and question, what am I going to do? Who am I going to talk to? No, I already know where to rally because he's broken ground in my life. I know where to rally. Isaiah says the nations would rally to him, that he would stand as a banner. The word rally, write it down, means to come together again to renew an effort, to muster for a purpose. To, to rally means to come together to renew an effort again and muster for a common purpose. Jesus will stand as a banner he will stand as a banner. You must know that the word banner in the Bible is synonymous with the word standard. 
Okay, yeah, we're going somewhere. The word banner is synonymous with the word standard. Now I'm going to give you some definitions. Just roll with me. The word standard is, it means a conspicuous banner-like object used to mark the rallying point, especially in battle. I wonder if some people in the room have been battling today. You've been warring. Life has been knocking you upside the head. You've been taking some hits from left and right. You think you're going to be crushed, but the Bible declares you might be hard-pressed, but you won't be crushed. You might, you might be squeezing a little bit. You might feel the pressure, but guess what pressure does? It causes what's in you to come out of you. So when you're full of the Word of God, and you're full of hope, and you're full of faith, when life starts to restrict and constrict you, guess what's going to come out? The truth. The right stuff, baby. The good stuff that's going to come out. I just wonder if I'm preaching to a few people who've been in some pressure. He will stand as a banner. A banner. Who is our standard? Jesus is our standard. Jesus is our standard. I got a few uh, banner-like objects here today. Buddy, could you come help me? Just unravel that. Just go up on the stage and stand with that. Just unravel it. Go up on stage. Let's see. I got a few banners here. Let's see how many more. Sherelle, can you come help me? There we go. Unravel that one. Just stand up there. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. I got two more. I got two more. I need some help. I need some help. I got to get you because you look too fly right now, brother. You got bow tie. Look like a wonderful. Keisha, you going to help me? Come on. There we go. No, I need some white people. I need a white person. We got too many. Johnny, come on, help me, brother. How about tearing out racial walls? We got to have some white people. <laughs> oh, I love making racist people angry. <laughs> In a good way, you know. Got to correct. Might get some emails. Who is our standard? Yeah, yeah. If if rally means, rally means to renew an effort, right? To renew, to come together again, to renew an effort. My question to you is, where have you been rallying? Where have you been rallying? Yeah, where have you been renewing your efforts? Where have you been renewing your efforts? Because some of us, for far too long, you've been rallying around regret for far too long just been rallying on regret. No matter what direction you head in in life, no matter how far you seem to go, something continues to keep you attached to your regret, to your mistake, to your failures. And something keeps coming up to remind you. Why? Because you have made that the standard. You have made that the banner in your life. That when troubles come and when hard times come and life turns up the heat a little bit, you raise the wrong banner and the wrong standard because regret is not to where you're supposed to be rallying. Been rallying around regret, been rallying around it. And while we're on the topic, I mean, might as well talk about, I've been talking about it already. Some have been rallying around racism. Been rallying around it. I mean, you're cool sitting next to them. But it only goes so far. Do you have boundaries? You know, you know how they are. You know what they like to do. You know how they talk. You know how they like to treat. You know, you know, you know how they, they, they. Hello. If you're saying you know how they are, you might be need to deal with some racism in your heart. Maybe you haven't fully given up your heart in that place. Because I found out when I can't fully 
fully operate in God's power and his love and his peace in my life and I, something is hindering me, it's, it's a lot of times due to what standard I'm actually lifting up, what banner I'm actually rallying around. And it only goes so far. You know, don't date, don't, you better not bring home a black guy, you better not date a white girl, you better not, you better stick to your own kind. We don't need to be no mixed breeding up in here. And we don't understand how ugly that really is because all we have done is pass down poison. Instead of giving the next generation bread, we've given them a stone. Instead of giving the next generation a fish, we've given them a snake. And so now we've given them rocks to throw and poison to operate with. So now the perpetuation of racism continues because one generation don't know how to raise the right banner. One generation needs to learn how to raise the right banners and to come against hate with love and stop trying to box your next generation in teaching them how to treat other people differently because their melatonin might be a little lighter, a little darker than theirs. And all it's doing is perpetuating a stronghold that the devil will use in the body of Christ. Been rallying around those things. Been, been rallying around your addiction. Yeah, you can sing in church, but you're singing with chains on. Been singing with chains on. My Bible says who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. And when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. One translation says make you free. I don't even have a choice. When I encounter truth, truth just makes you free. So my question is, if you hadn't been made free, have you encountered the right truth? Because we'll mix tradition with truth and call it gospel. We'll mix tradition with truth and call it gospel. Thinking we're operating in the power of the word of God when it's a mix. It's a conglomeration of confusion and dysfunction. And we try to operate in power, but what we've done is passed on religious tradition instead of seeking relationship. And yeah, you can look good on Easter. You can look good that one Sunday a year, but what's your life like 364 other days? Where are you rallying to? Because it's more than one day a year, baby. It's more than that. God didn't send Jesus to die so you could experience him one time out of the year. He wants a full-on access to you and you to him to walk in glory, to walk in power, to walk with peace, to walk with joy. I wonder if I'm talking to some people who have experienced the glorious hope, the hope that was raised, the hope that was lifted. His name is Jesus. I wonder if you've been rallying around your bitterness, unforgiveness. It amazes me, people who can call themselves Christians but still be bitter towards other people. How can you live out true joy and be the representation and be the light in the dark when you are bitter and hadn't forgiven them for what they did 10 years ago? Three words, let it go. Jesus hung on a cross and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And he's nailed to a cross by the people who put him there and they're mocking him, but he still intercedes on their forgiveness. Can you understand that? that the, the Savior of the world is interceding for the people who are looking back, spitting on him, mocking him. And he's still interceding on their behalf. Can you do that over your enemy, that enemy in the cubicle next to you that you can't sit, stand to talk to and see coming and you've been praying to get out of the workplace? God, get me out of this place. These people are little hellions. And he's saying, no, that's why I put you there, heaven. 
I put heaven right next to hell because heaven is supposed to consume hell because darkness can't comprehend light. Been rallying. Carnage, come here, help me. See, unravel that. Just stand in the middle. I want y'all to just get around him and just walk in a circle. Just walk in a circle. Because, because listen, this is what happens. This is what some of our lives look like. We look like this. This is a stronghold, and we have all these other standards that, that, that we, we have to deal with. And, and we, we, we want more of God, we say, but our lives don't reflect or show anything. One, the, one theologian said the greatest cause of atheism is, is in the world today are Christians who proclaim Jesus with their mouth but deny him by their lifestyle. Ask your neighbor, how you living? <laughs> how you living? How you living? And this is what it looks like for some of us. They ain't b- other banners just surrounding our life. Can't get free. Can't get happy. Can't find peace. Need to find other people's opinion to make you feel better about yourself. Need to get on social media to hoping somebody will leave a comment on that picture saying, oh, you look good today. Tell yourself you look good. <laughs> Why don't you... <laughs> Why are you so dependent on somebody else? They didn't die for you. He did. He said, I already made you the way I made you. Why don't you receive the security and stop walking in insecurity? And this is what it's supposed to look like. Everybody, stop. Y'all get on one knee. One knee. One knee. Because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That means that addiction, that means that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that means that racism that was passed down to you, that means that regret, that shortcoming, that failure that you haven't forgiven yourself for. Jesus says, I am the standard. Why don't you raise me? Why don't you lift me up in your life? Watch the freedom you can walk in. Stop thinking about your past. I'm already in your past redeeming it. I'm in your present sustaining you and I'm in your future already providing what you don't even know you need yet. That's how good God is. He's already in your future saying they don't even know they need it. They haven't even prayed a prayer request yet. But I'm going to go ahead and provide this thing because there's going to come a day when they approach my throne of grace boldly with a request. And I already am going to have the end prepared for them. Y'all just leave the flags where you at. Go sit down. Thank you. It matters where you rally. My Bible says in Isaiah 59, verses 19 through 20 in the New King James Version, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord would lift up a what? A standard against him. I've come to the realization I can't be a part of the standard God is raising when I'm participating in the flood that the enemy is bringing. Translation, you cannot defeat an enemy that you are in participation with. I can't defeat and and exterminate a generational curse if I'm perpetuating and participating in that same curse. I can't defeat the enemy of debt if I charge everything up on my credit card up to my eyeballs just so I can look fly and look good and have my suit pressed on Easter. I'm not going to be able to get free. I can't defeat debt when I'm perpetuating it. I can't defeat the spirit of lust when I get on those websites and erase, erase the domain name so my wife don't see them. Hello. Y'all don't want to get real on Easter. We want to stay in the tombs. But my Bible says that the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Come on, somebody shout, I am the standard. You are part of the standard he is raising. Because I know where 
to rally. I know where to rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that it says Jesus stands as a banner. That gives me direction on where to look. No matter how low I seem to find myself, no matter how depressed I try to even make myself, because you know, you like your own pity party, you like other people to appease our, our, our sensitive emotions so we can validate our negative feelings. Instead of saying, no, 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 no. I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. Why? Because there's a standard there. See, looking to Jesus as a standard affects your vision. It affects your perspective. It affects the way you see your life. Your life isn't that bad. I said your life is not that bad. If you're sitting here today, that means you got something to do. That means you made it. That means, that means you have remained. That means you have survived. Anybody survive some chaos? Which leads me to my next thing. When, I, when God breaks ground in my life, not only do I know where to rally, I know, number two, what to reclaim. There's some ground today, hear me, there's some ground today that some of you are going to reclaim. You, you've, you've given it up. See, when you got to reclaim something, it's because you've given up ground to whatever took it from you. And the devil can't take anything in your life unless you give ground to him and give him permission. So it's time to reclaim some things. You, some of you need to reclaim your marriage. Fight for your marriage. Reclaim your family. Reclaim those teenagers, those kids in your household that they seem to be doing everything opposite of the prayers that you've been lifting up. But my God says that he will reclaim the surviving remnant. Yeah, yeah, he will reach out his hand to reclaim the surviving remnant. Have you lost ground anywhere in your life? Have you lost ground in relationships? Have you, have you lost ground in your soul? I've learned that you can't reclaim something or it's rather, excuse me, you have to reclaim most of the time what you have retreated from. When I have to reclaim, a lot of times that means I've retreated. I've run, I've, I've turned, I, I don't want to deal with the issue. See, listen to me. Sometimes we don't even want to declare things out of our mouth because we think it's not faith. Faith doesn't lie. Okay, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging reality. I'm not sick. Well, you can't even get out of bed and you get 102 fever. I'd say you're dealing with something. Faith doesn't lie. Faith acknowledges the reality because all that means is God's going to supersede what you see in front of you. Faith doesn't lie. Tell your neighbor, faith doesn't lie. So I got to reclaim. I got to reclaim some things. I got to, I don't want to retreat anymore. Stop running from conflict. Stop running from situations that, that have been put in place in your life for you to be a stepping stone on. But when I have to reclaim, a lot of times it means I've retreated. And I understand, too, that reclaiming looks a lot like restoration. Reclaiming looks a lot like restoring. Reclaiming involves a restoration process. Restoration is simply restoring something back to its original state, however it was before it became decrepit and old and, and broken down. Some of you need to restore your heart today. You've allowed too many people to, to take things and to, you've given away peace. You've given, because nobody can steal your peace. You have to give it away. And so you've given things away. You've allowed things just to happen. And you've been reactionary instead of proactive. Instead of declaring things and working it out and, and operating in the wisdom of God, you've allowed things to steal and come and kill your purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got to reclaim. I'm reclaiming today. Some of us need to, we need to restore our, our, our walk with Jesus today. 
That's all right. There's a promise in Psalms 51 that says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Some of us came out of the womb talking in tongues. <laughs> just saved as soon as you came out of the womb. Hope. Just came out. Came out doing that. The longer time in, you become less aware of. The longer time you're in something, the less aware of the things that need to be shored up and tightened up and regenerated and, and, and restored, all these things. So when you follow Jesus for a long time, there's a word that is dangerous to your Christian walk called complacency. And you'll be begin to treat Jesus as complacent, as casual, like he just didn't shed his blood for you and get up from the tomb. We'll become complacent in our worship. That is a dangerous place to be. But I refuse to believe that there are people in this room who are complacent. I believe there's some people in the room who have a fire in their belly and a hunger for a desire for the Word of God and to see Him move and have revival break out in their own heart first and then in their home. I believe that. I believe there is a remnant. Somebody say, I am the remnant. I am the remnant. See, but you got to restore some things. It's a joy to live for God. It's not a job. It's not a job. It's not a nine-to-five job. This isn't some, I don't, I, it's not a job. It's a joy. Not only does reclaiming look like restoring, reclaiming also looks like reestablishing. If I'm going to reclaim some things, I need to reestablish some things. There's some single people in the room who you've been dating, all these jokers out here, and you need to reestablish some high standards in your life. Maybe you need to establish some standards to begin with. <laughs> reestablish standards. Does he have a job? You have to go pick him up for the date. Is he asking you at the dinner table, can we split this? Those are probably indicators he's not ready for you. <laughs> Reestablish standards. Some of you have been looking for satisfaction. You're not going to find it jumping from bed to bed. Looking for satisfaction in someone else's bed. Wondering why you're left empty. Sure, it might be a quick fix, and I say quick fix, but it ain't going to be long. Y'all don't want to get real today on Easter. See, we want to keep it cookie cutter. And act like Jesus didn't cover that sin too with the blood. The devil is a liar. Somebody tell your neighbor he is a liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the remnant. Why do I need to restore? Why do I need to, to reestablish? Why do I need to reclaim ground in my life? Why? Because I am the remnant. I am the remnant. The remnant is simply something or someone or a group of people that have been left over after a catastrophe. Anybody been experiencing a catastrophe or have experienced catastrophe, devastation in your life? Can I tell you that you're still here? And if you're still here, that means you got something left. You got something left in the tank. God always has a remnant. And in these last days, he said he would reclaim the remnant, the ones who've forgotten about, the ones who couldn't figure it out on their own. He said, I'm going to reclaim the remnant. I'm going to set them on the course to their destiny. Come on, somebody say, I am the remnant. 
God always has a remnant. You can look in 1 Kings 19 when Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, said, I am the only one left. God said, shut up. I got 7,000 left. When there was a hungry crowd and Jesus was preaching, everybody was hungry. There was a remnant. And it was a little boy with some loaves and some fishes. And Jesus said, bring me the remnants. And I'm going to make them into fragments to serve all the people who were here in this crowd. God always has a remnant. There was 120 in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 when Jesus said, go and wait for me so that you might be endued with power on on high. And only 120 showed up when there was 500 that he spoke that to. And only 120 saw fit to go and take their place as the remnant. And when they gathered together, the tongues of fire called the Holy Spirit rested upon them that gave them the power and go to do the greater works Jesus said that they would do. God always has a remnant. He always has something left. God has an endless supply to meet your demands. You might think the demands are never going to run out. You might think the weight is not going to run out. But can I tell you, we serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He knows the right time, the right moments to bring what you need. I'm preaching to myself today on Easter. If I say I got something left, you're not finished. Stop telling yourself you're done. It's over. I'm just going to meander through the rest of this life. You're not finished. You're not finished. That's for somebody. I got to stay right there. You're, you're not finished. I rebuke those suicidal thoughts in Jesus' name. You still have a purpose. You still have a destiny. I don't care what you walked in here today carrying. You still have something God has called you to do. You are a gift. You have a purpose and you have a calling. got to get bold with it yeah Woo. I'm not done I got I got something left so I know where to rally I know what to raise or excuse me what to reclaim number three I got to know and I know who to raise excuse me who to raise who to raise because Isaiah tells me that he will be raised as a banner he'll be lifted up as a banner <laughs> oh man, I love the Bible. Jesus was groundbreaking for us. He was groundbreaking. He was a trendsetter of resurrection. He is the trendsetter of resurrection. We tend to think that resurrection was a one-time event that happened back in Jerusalem a few thousand years ago. Resurrection is a lifestyle. It is the way you look at your life. And if God can resurrect Jesus and he got up by his power, what can he resurrect in your life? I pray right now by the power of the Holy Ghost that God's going to bring to you right now to mind the things that you've been dancing around that he says is going to resurrect. I know they're all far from God. I know it doesn't look good for you on the, on the financial report, but God says, I am the God of resurrection power. I am the God of resurrection power. I still believe that dead things can come to life. I still believe that blind eyes can be opened. I still believe that your purpose is not dead. I still believe that God has a plan. I still believe he can resurrect the dreams that you buried. The dreams you said were finished. God says today, get to blow the dust off of it. 
and get it back out because I want to do a new thing. I want to pave some new roads. I want to dig some new rivers in your life that are going to shock the haters, the ones who said it couldn't resurrect, the ones who said you wouldn't get up from it, the ones who told you that you got fired and you weren't going to find another place of employment. The devil is a lie. And I rebuke the hand of lack off of you and I speak prosperity and abundance in Jesus' name. And I pray, I wish somebody would receive it and to say I receive it. I'm walking in the abundant overflow. I live under open heaven. I have open windows. I have direct access to my God. Who shall supply all my needs? And I know who to raise. Stop raising your complaints. Complaining to everybody but God. Facebook is not your diary, sister. Please. It is not. I'm not even going to get on that. It's Easter. I can't get on that. We got guests. Jesus is groundbreaking. Hmm. Let me, I need to close, Dwayne. Can you play so I feel like I'm going to close? I know who to raise. I know who to raise. I'm not raising excuses anymore. Yeah, but. Don't you, don't you frustrate you a little bit when you're like encouraging somebody and tell them God's going to do it, he's going to work it out, and they hit you with, yeah, but. Like, okay, you ain't, just, I can't even talk to you anymore because you don't even believe the words coming out of my mouth. And I think we've got to start running around trying to fix people. We're not called to fix people. We can't fix people. We can't. That's a work of the Lord. That's by the power of his spirit. Now, he can use people, and he will use you. Some of us were trying to play doctor, and it's draining us. I think there's some people in the room. You need to take ownership. Take ownership of your life. We can't be dependent on everybody else. We got to take ownership. Got to take ownership. But I got to know who to raise. I don't know if you've ever read this before in Matthew 27, but I'm getting ready to close. In Matthew 27, it's just sometimes we read about the resurrection and we sometimes don't see little things that are powerful. Everybody, stand to your feet. I'll give you hope. I'm almost done too. Matthew 27, Jesus is hanging on the cross between two thieves, between two thieves, and that in itself has revelation all packed in it. <laughs> it does. You got one thief who's mocking him. You got one thief that's pleading to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus is in the middle. <laughs> One thief is mocking him, and the other thief is pleading with him. One thief represents the thief that was in the garden who came to steal, kill, and destroy, and mock, and accuse the brethren. The other thief is the second, represents the second Adam who's going to rob the grave. <laughs> and he's hanging on the cross, and in Matthew 27, he's, 
about to experience his last moments. And uh, verse 50, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, in a loud voice, it says he gave up his spirit. In other words, he had to wave the white flag. He said, I'm surrendering it up to you, Father. And he gave up his spirit. Now, we would think that would be the end of the story. But you already know it is not. It is simply the beginning. It says when he gave up his spirit, watch this. At that moment, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the the rocks split. Somebody say groundbreaking. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, you need to know that this curtain is not just any curtain. It has significance. See, for many hundreds and thousands of years, the people of God could only go to him by way of a high priest. And the high priest was the only one allowed access behind this curtain where the presence of God was. He would come in once a year and make an atonement for the sins of the people. But the moment Jesus surrendered, the moment he gave up, the moment he gave up his spirit and said, it is finished, it was just beginning for God's people. Because when that curtain tore in two, God was saying to you and me, no longer is it just one person who can have access, but now the people that will surrender also can now step into my presence. They don't have to just experience me one day a week. They can experience my goodness Monday through Saturday. They can walk in my joy Monday through Saturday, not just Sunday. And the curtain was torn, giving you access because Jesus surrendered. See, powerful things happen when you surrender. That ain't it, though. After the curtain tore, watch this next verse. It says that the tombs were broke open. And the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. But wait a minute, they came out of the tombs before Jesus? They came out of the tombs before Jesus? They came out of the tombs after Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the trendsetter of resurrection. He is the groundbreaker. He had to break ground first. Can you imagine being one of those people and your tomb just breaking open? And you can't come out yet until Jesus leads the way first? See, that's why I don't get worried with my frustration. That's why I don't get worried with my attacks and the things that come against me in life. Because I know who goes before me. I know who goes before me. I know who stands beside me. Prepare a 
also. He wasn't talking about no physical place. He was talking about so where I am, where my identity rests, where my power rests. You may be there also. So I want to say to cancer, I'm stepping into a place of healing. I'm stepping into a place of redemption. I'm stepping into a place of freedom. I'm stepping into a place of overflow. Somebody shout groundbreaking. Won't you take 20 seconds and give him a praise break right there. shout raise we can't we gotta finish so I gotta finish this Easter y'all got y'all got mac and cheese in the oven I gotta y'all gotta cook y'all get that roast going I know but there's something about that word raise see we we look at the word r-a-i-s-e raise raise which means to lift to a standing position raise 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 but I found out Zach now, there's another word pronounced the same way, raise, R-A-Z-E. I'm going to shout on this. I'm going to shout. See, raise means to lift to a standing position, but the word raise, R-A-Z-E, to destroy to the ground, demolish. Some of you used to R-A-I-S-E, raise hell. But today we're about to R-A-Z-E, raise hell. I'm raising, I'm R-A-Z-E, sickness. I'm raising chains. I'm raising bondage. I'm raising strongholds. I'm raising it. Somebody shout, I'm raising Everybody say standard. They would take the banner or the standard in the biblical times and they would place it so the armies could see it. Do you know where they placed this banner? In the ground, but they would place, they would have to place it on a hill. So that where anybody in the army was, no matter if they were getting whooped up on, no matter if they were in a fight, that they didn't think they had help on. All they had to do was look to the hill. And they could see the standard.
in your life or you've been rallying around the wrong banners, move now. Today is a day where ground is being taken, where ground is being handed back over. No longer will you walk bound up. No longer will you lay your stuff against it and lay your stuff down to the enemy. No, we bow before a risen savior, a risen king. Some of you need to reclaim ground in your marriage. Reclaim ground in your finances. Everybody shout reclaim. Everybody shout rally.